Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott. Hello. Hello, fellas. Hello. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. That was the game plan tonight from yeah, here. I don't think that was particularly difficult, quite frankly. So, David, where did the new toys come from? I don't know. <laughs> Should you play by play of that? Huh. Oh, this is going to be ugly. Uh-oh, good. There's these, I don't know what they are, but one kid was about to kick it. And there was another, oh, what a sweet kid. Kid was about to kick it. There was a little tiny kid on the back side. They moved the little foam thing so the other kid didn't get hurt and then kicked it. Wow. Not going to lie to you guys, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> There's a house party going on in the arena tonight. I see. And you, there's some padding there. We don't know where the padding came from. We've had house floor. party up here in the studio all year long. You guys have just missed it. Well, you've no, been no, up here a few we times. We didn't miss it all year. We, That's we, true. We, we shared pizza. And we were fortunate enough to be there for a few. Saw Ron bring his snacks in. You know, if we, <laughs> when we have to do this again, which I think is going to happen soon, we should eat better. Oh, I totally like agree. Like healthier or no, more? Like, okay. Like vaulters. Like sponsors. To, like vaulters send us food, to go. Huh? Or like steakhouse to go or something like that far better like i mean frankly that's arena, uh, that's the, our playoff meal you're saying yeah the arena food's really good so it's actually not like it's not that big a step but yeah no i think we should we should do it up one night on a road game how about that all right because the home Man. games the food's pretty good in the arena now, he's talking about a meal not fast food right in other words ron i got that I'm okay. We're, we're, we're going to eat. We're going to have a like, crown burger tonight. We'll but. take one of our tables and put like a white tablecloth on it. And we'll actually maybe even get silverware that's not plastic. That, that means we're going to have to get one of our wives involved because none of us are pulling that off. Um, well, my wife is not about to do that. Tell me out. So I don't really. <laughs> Rachel will come up. And, and I don't have one. And he, Ron doesn't have one. And Jake's just had a baby. So it's mine. So. <laughs> yeah. I just she, volunteered her. You know what the thing about Rachel is that's so great? Is she's only seen me once in like 20 years. So she still thinks she likes me. <laughs> she's just about to learn something different. That was just well, She saying? just hasn't had enough experience recently to know she's that. She's been that listening to you guys for 20 years, man. Come on. Yeah, but she liked me when we were young. She still does. You're giving her a reason to not. Okay, that's good. So maybe she would do that. So is Port is uh, Phoenix going to lose a game? You think, guys? I don't know. Like I think it's a. I, I actually feel for Phoenix. I think Phoenix got a little bit of an interesting quandary right here. Like they got a back to back on the road, right? They're both in, aren't they both in San Antonio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they're tired. Now Monty Williams doesn't like. It's kind of out of the Nate McMillan school of basketball. But it strikes, don't, like, what would you, Tim, what would you do if you're Phoenix? Well, I, I only know one, I mean, my whole thing would be to win, but I, I don't know if, that make, if that's the best strategy right now, you know? Like, are you rolling Chris Paul out for 36 minutes on a back-to-back the, night, the week before the playoffs? Probably not. You get a week off, though. That's true. You do get a week right, off. Right, but you're one hamstring tweak away from your entire playoffs being over. That's why we're up here. We don't get to make those types of decisions. Ron, what do you? I mean, Ron, you think these are some of these things are avoidable because you avoid them your whole career. So, well, I don't know. I mean, I I can understand muscles right now being very very tired. You know, during the course of the year, there's they always have weight training and you know things like that, trying to make sure that they're they keep their muscles strong and and keep them pulling those hamstrings and that type of thing. But the way the schedule schedule has been crammed, condensed to the point where um, so many, you got to take those days off because there's a game the next day, you know, that type of thing. I can understand the muscle injuries and then the freak accidents that do happen. But um, 
I don't know what I would do as a coach right now. You know, I don't know how I would feel about just saying, heck with it, guys. Let's rest and, and, we're, and let it fall where it does. Jerry Sloan, you bust your butt right. and go out well, there. Well, I'm not play. sure that worked very well for us in, our, right. in the lockout season. But, but you made a good point, David, and that is you, you don't even really know what you're strategizing for quite yet. You know, you don't right. know who's going to be on what side of the bracket. Right. Like, right. I think you just – if you're Phoenix, I think you just have to do what's right for your team. That's right. Now, the one that's a little interesting on this one, like Pop and Monty Williams are super close, right? Yes, they are. And so is Pop and Quinn. Right, and Dennis. Yeah. So does Pop do a solid for Monty Williams, even though it would be an unsolid for the Jazz? <laughs> so I don't know the answer. I might. Here's my thought if I was Phoenix, Okay. I might, and I, you know, Chris Paul would probably kill me if I did this, so I, I, he might not have a choice with him. But and DeAndre Ayton's got a sore knee, right? Like I don't know when he's playing. Um, I might rest my guys on Saturday, or really reduce them on Saturday. Yeah, reduce minutes. That makes sense. If they pull off the win, go get the next win on Sunday. Right. But like do right by your team. I think that's the key. They're really at a big disadvantage in the sense that they have to play their games early. So, anyway. Not a bad point. Um, Eastern Conference games on Tuesday. Western Conference games on Wednesday. Eastern Conference final bid on Thursday. Western Conference final bid on Friday. Number one seed in the West will start on Sunday then. And Booner's going to golf all week. Absolutely. He's going to do interviews on Locked On Jazz with me because I will have no content for five days. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming on the show, Ron. I really appreciate that. You're, you're welcome, David. All right, guys. Well, one more to go. Tell your wife to ask me, and then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> she brings you enough food. You should do it for me. All right. All right. All right, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Um, thank you. How's the little one? Good? Oh, she's great. Good. Perfect. Good. Good. All right, right guys. See you tomorrow. See ya. 109.93 is your final jazz. Beat the Thunder. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Your final tonight. Jazz beat the Thunder. 109 to 93. It all comes down to one game. Their magic number, the Jazz magic number, is at one. One left to go for the best record in the entire NBA. And, and you know, I've I've heard people talk this week about you know the Jazz don't need to win two, and obviously we're well aware of that. But it's what they can do to control their own destiny. Um, you know, they they obviously now are have have kind of held serve. Get to sit and watch. Uh, Phoenix tomorrow, and then it'll be the big, uh, you know, depending on what happens, the showdown on Sunday with all those games, and we get to kind of bring up the rear of that. So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting day for sure. Yeah, it'll be. I I can't decide if it makes the game more interesting or less interesting to have it after everything said and done. Probably I guess it all less. depends on what happens yeah. too. I mean, well, if 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 Phoenix fa- finds a way to beat San Antonio twice, then you know we're all going to be locked in. But if Phoenix loses one of those games to the Spurs, then it's yeah. Then it's you know, uh, rest all your guys. Autopilot. Yep, exactly. Maybe get them a little, have them break a sweat, but that's about it. So, 
Kind of crazy. 7.56 left in the third. The Rockets lead 83-77 over the Clippers. And if the Clippers lose, that basically means they'll likely get the four seed and would uh, await the Jazz if they hang on in the second round, which would be something. I mean, we, you and I are talking off the air, and <laughs> we have all postgame to get into this, but the Lakers fell to eight and the Clippers fell to four. And your first two appointments, you have to go through the Lakers and Clippers just to get through the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> it's brutal. But the, you know what? The, and Locke's talked about this a ton. The, the entire Western Conference is brutal. There's no easy road. Yeah, if you think about uh, it, I think it's just the lore of, you know, playoff LeBron, playoff AD, and not so much playoff P, but more, more Kawhi. Yeah. Playoff P isn't too it scary. Hasn't been anyway. Hasn't been for a minute. But Kawhi, on Kawhi, the other hand, is a he he lives for that time. Yeah, that, that's really something. As far as tonight's game goes, though, uh, Jazz win. They win big. It wasn't uh, the most uh, interesting of games just because the Jazz pretty much had it won for the entire game. And Oklahoma City, they're just – this is tryouts basically for the future of the Thunder. I mean, they're just seeing if they've got, you know, anything worth hanging on to because this is not going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder team that we see going forward. No, and very few of those guys. You know, the guy that, that – um that is interesting is uh, Pokachevsky. Is that his name? Yeah. Alexander Pokachevsky, seven foot, 190 pounds, but has certainly played better as the season's gone on. And just watching him, his, his ball skills, his ability to change direction, his touch, his ability to see the floor, pretty impressive. So somebody to kind of earmark and watch um, as they get a little bit more, as he gets a little bit more strength and experience, he could be a pretty good player. Yep. As far as the Jazz go, they were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, who had 22 points, Clarkson with 18. Rudy had a monster game, 16 points, 18 boards, a couple of block shots. But uh, really, the the key guys for the Jazz, though, were all in the 20s from a minute standpoint. Bogdanovich and Gobert with 27, O'Neal with 29, Ingles 26. Mike Conley only 16 in his return, which is probably about right. Didn't have to expend too much energy. Think about the difference, too, those 16 minutes of Mike. You know, what it does for... Every single guy on the roster, really. Trent Forrest uh, still plays, you know, quite a bit because of the fourth quarter, but um, everybody's back kind of in that that spot. Now Donovan comes in and everybody just fills in exactly where, you know, they've been the, for the most of the season. Um, but I, I thought, what do you think of Conley tonight? I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, pretty sharp. I, I thought so too. And moved around good, didn't seem to favor anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously time well spent getting that thing right. All right, with that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way Sunday evening. Jazz take on the Kings. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For the rest of uh, you sticking around with us, we'll have some postgame sound for you coming up next. Jazz win, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 109-93, to and you heard it all here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer, Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win 109.93 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz shot 43% from the field tonight, 33% from three, 13 of 39. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 22 points. Rudy was 16, 18 rebounds, and two block shots. Jordan Clarkson had 18 points coming in off the bench. George Niang with 11. Uh, Joe Ingles, well, let's see, Mike Conley had 10 and three assists. Joe Ingles, five points, five assists. 
and a rebound as well. Oklahoma City shot the ball uh, 43% from the field, 31.5% from uh, from three. Uh, they were led by Ma- uh, Mahaluk, who had 19 points. Uh, Maladon had 18 points. And Deck, uh, an interesting player, Gabriel Deck, had 18 coming in off the bench. His career high, by the way. Yeah, the Jazz did exactly what they needed to do. They got up 10 in the first quarter. Uh, and like I said, they put pressure on him. Then they applied pressure and continued uh, to put it on. Didn't really allow the Thunder to get any real feel or confidence. And kind of methodically just picked him apart. I thought, um, you know, they didn't shoot the three particularly well based on what they've done this year. But they were crisp. They were focused. Um, I love the fact that they... Um, you know, they didn't, the turnover issue, they had 11 turnovers, but it wasn't like a crazy huge thing. Um, I, I thought they defended pretty well. And most importantly, everybody, you know, got out of the game without an injury. And, and like you said, the minutes were manageable tonight. All right, let's get some uh, post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Quinn, just um, for starters, uh, can you evaluate Mike's play out there tonight uh, in the in the 16 and a half minutes he was out there? I thought he played well. You know, he's doing the things that, you know, that he does. And, um, you know, obviously you get a little tired. He, he ran him a little longer than we intended to, really, you know, like a minute in the first quarter, but you can see him get a little fatigued. As it as it went along, but you know he's got a presence on the floor, and it's good to see him out there. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Yeah, a little bit more uh, about Mike and the team coach. Uh, how good was it to see that offensive combo again, and with Rudy and Mike and, and Joe and, and Mike? Yeah, you know, anytime you get a player of Mike's caliber that's been out for a while, um, you get him back, and you realize. You know, um, or you're reminded um, of what type of player he is and how, how, how good he is. So um, I think, you know, everybody wants um, to play with Mike and uh, it's good to have him out there. And I think, as I said, his, his conditioning improves, um, you know, he'll even get in even a better rhythm on both ends. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, if, if I, the Suns lose either of the next two games against the Spurs, you guys get the number one seed. To what extent will you guys be watching those the score of those games uh, in order to change – will that change your approach, I guess, against the Kings on Sunday? Uh, you know, I think this time of year, particularly in the West, you know, everybody's watching, watching games. Um, you know, there's – I guess – there's so there, – you know, on three different levels, there's, you know, very little – separation between certain teams so um you know regardless of where where you finish you still don't know who you're going to play so um you know certainly you're you're paying attention whether you're watching play by play or not um you know probably depends on um, you know the individual but guys know what's going on in the league right now all right we have one last question this is from Mateus Klonecki from Defaha Hi, Coach. Uh, in relation of what you just said, um, even with the number one spots on the conference, the team could be match up against the Lakers or Stephen Curry and the Warriors. Do you think, do you feel like it's fair going at those kind of teams 
considering the incredible season this team had? Well, I, I think that's that's the West, you know, you're talking about Hall of Famers. So you, you're gonna you're gonna play against a really, really good team and it's gonna be a challenge. But um, again, I, I think the biggest thing for us is to, to try to control what we can. And, you know, you find out where you, where you sit and who you play. And, um, you know, that's, that's when the postseason starts and people forget about, you know, anything and everything you've done up to that point. So we just want to try to finish, finish strong and, uh, again, see, see where everything turns out. All right. That's all we have. Thank you, Coach. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, his postgame uh, media availability. Coach Tim Lacombe. What stood out to you about Coach's comments? Well, I think what's crazy right now is, uh, Quinn said it, everybody's watching scores. Yeah. But we all sit here and have no idea what it all means. I mean, you're starting to see now, like we're talking tonight because there's actually only a couple variables here, but the Clippers really are, in my mind, it looks like they may be trying to get four. Like they've, that's, they've identified that as their path. They're down 97-84 to the Rockets right now. And, and let me remind you, the Rockets have won 16 games this year. Okay. So not too different from what we just watched in terms of Oklahoma City. And Clippers are not playing Kawhi tonight. PG. No Beverly. No Beverly. No Obaka, I believe. Oh, no, Obaka is playing. Obaka is playing, yeah. He is playing. So anyway, just interesting. But, um, you know, that's probably the most fascinating thing to me is this year, yeah, your, your, your habits are the same. You still watch and see what's going on, but it tells you less, in my opinion. And the results, make no bones about it, will make a difference uh, on how they play on Sunday. I mean, I have no doubt whatever lineup the Jazz put out there, they'll be trying to win the basketball game. But I think who plays and how much will be certainly di- dictated by what Phoenix does in two games against the Spurs. Yeah, or Spurs, excuse me. Yeah, they'll they'll try to win the basketball game. I imagine if, uh, if Phoenix uh, wins both, right, and, yeah. and we're going into it. But I, I can totally see the scenario, right, the – they need one good thing to happen out of three kind of opportunities and a um, couple days here to watch it unfold. You know, it makes no sense uh, to me. This is just a personal complaint here because I was hoping for a Sunday afternoon game. But uh, why not put uh, the Suns and the Spurs in the night game? Because uh, since they're playing a back-to-back, they have to play two afternoon games on Saturday and Sunday because there has to be 24 hours in between start times. Move the Jazz into the afternoon and move the spur or the Sun Spurs to the nighttime. Come on, what are we doing? But it's set in stone. There'll be uh... so we may know. We may know the Jazz fate come tip off uh, tomorrow night. We may not. If the Suns win both of those games, kind of crazy. That the Suns are going to play two games before the Jazz play another one. That is crazy. I mean, in this time window between now and Sunday at seven o'clock, these these Suns will play two games. That's that's pretty wild. So we'll we'll know uh, we'll know the fate. Want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Uh, proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll have more sound from the locker room coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, your final tonight, Jazz beat the Thunder. 109-93. 
Let's get into your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Uh, call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit CertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do live. Points in the paint tonight. Uh, 46 apiece for both the Jazz and the Thunder. Uh, you know, usually when we're talking points in the paint, we're talking Rudy Gobert. And I thought Rudy was great tonight. 16 points, 18 rebounds in 27 minutes, couple of block shots, um, uh, five of nine from the field, six of nine from the line. Uh, Rudy, uh, as we're used to, other than the behind the back dribble over and back penalty or what a violation, uh, consistently good. Kind of a nice dunk tonight too. The reach back really crammed that thing hard. He seems to be, he seemed to be really aggressive around the rim tonight. Now I'm sure that's because he's going up against some inferior bigs, uh, with the thunder, but I'd like to see him play like that more. I still like, I, I, I like that he's doing it. I think it's, um, you know, refs are good and, I think that we've seen it. He finishes way better this year. Uh, but that force is the stuff that's really going to get the job done in the playoffs around guys who go up to challenge. And, uh, you know, those points are so important when you get them in there. Um, so I, I totally agree. I thought Rudy was was very, very good tonight. They're going to need him in the playoffs. I mean, that's an understatement. They're going to need everybody in the playoffs. But, you know, they've, they've come to depend on a lot of what Rudy does on both sides of the ball. I know we get uh, focused on the defense, and obviously that's uh, that's – a huge part of his game, but uh, he's the Jazz' first option. If you can get Rudy a dunk, they're going to do that all night long, and the t- the other team's going to have to adjust. Yeah, rim three free throw. You know that's the, that's that's your that's your agenda when you go into a game. And Rudy's got to be the first look. The pressure he puts on the rim opens up everything else. And now you add you know the isolation and greatness of Donovan. Hopefully, when he gets back, you've got everybody kind of in their spots, and I hope everybody can kind of fire like they have all year. Well, as long as we're talking about Rudy, let's get to the master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Glad to be the proud, excuse me, to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And, of course, your master of the glass tonight, as usual, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. It wasn't close tonight. Some nights are closer than others. Tonight was not close. Rudy had uh, 18 boards, six offensive rebounds for Rudy tonight. The next highest rebounder on the team was Royce with seven. So Rudy had 11 more rebounds than the next highest rebounder for the Utah. He's very serious about the master of the glass. It's an important part of his evening. He wants to wants to be the master of the class. You know what? Hold on. Bobby Marks had an interesting tweet, uh, just not to go off on a on a tangent, but let me see if I could find this because he was uh, he was talking about Rudy's contract today. Uh, here we go. Uh, Rudy Gobert has eleven rebounds in sixteen minutes. This was obviously in the first half. Uh, he says the All Star uh, for the second straight season has earned a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for minutes divided by rebounds. Uh, he has to have greater than 3.2. That's a cool little clause. Uh, Gobert also earned $500,000 bonus if he is, or he will earn that if he's named to all defensive first team, which if he's not, I mean, we're, we're in investigation in crazy town. And, uh, he already hit on a $1 million all-star bonus. So Rudy looks like he's going to get, uh, one, 1.7. Well, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, $1.75 million in bonus cash. All deserved. He's done a great job, and he's been, I mean, for him to play every game all year long but one, right? He's, he missed one game. Um, just consistent, 
great effort, focus on improvement, and then just uh, really hold down that defensive side of the floor. All right, let's uh, let's keep the post game sound train rolling, shall we? Let's uh, now hear from Mike Conley, who's back in the lineup. Great, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Sarah Todd, Desert News up first. Hey, Mike. Um, first of all, just how did it feel to be back out there? And also, I mean, at at this point in your career, at this point in the season, does the does the minute restriction get to you? Like you wanted to be out there a little bit more? Or are you just you're ready for the postseason to come. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, well, first off, it, it felt great to be out there. Um, you know, just get get your, you know, game timing and, and the feel of the game a little bit. And I think that's important for me, uh, you know, going in the last couple of games of the season and going into the playoffs. But um, as far as the minutes restriction, you know, I've just, with our training staff and coaches, I've been, we've been very transparent and they know I want to play and, and, you know, they, you know, always there to protect me from myself. So um, I kind of, I've given in to, to, you know, the, the process and uh, the scheduling. And I think we, we came to a good agreement there to, to not push it too much this game and hopefully, hopefully get a, a few more minutes, uh, you know, in Sacramento. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. <clears throat> Mike, what in particular kind of came easy or felt, really natural out there tonight and and what maybe uh took a little bit of work Quinn said he felt like you were maybe a little bit uh tired out there after that initial stretch yeah I think as far as the game's concerned there was nothing that really uh, took a while to get back I think it mostly was just the conditioning portion of it you know I didn't get a chance to to truly play a, a game, a simulated type of game before going out there, you know, two on two and three on three just doesn't uh, equate to an actual NBA game. So, uh, you know, just kind of running up and down and having the ball and, you know, you know, having that usage up a little bit and then defending and, you know, kind of doing all those things that I haven't done in two weeks. Uh, it just uh, takes a little bit of time to, to get that back. Next up, Tony Jones, the athletic. I uh, haven't said that you look, you know, you looked like there wasn't a lot of rust in your movements and the actual basketball movements, but how did the wind feel and, and how did you feel in those basketball movements, despite how you may have may or may not have looked um, to us? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I had, you know, there was nothing in my mind thinking about, you know, my hammy or any other part of my body. I think just going out there and being able to have fun and compete, you know, forget all about your body in that case. And um, I really, I went out there and had fun. You know, it was a lot of fun to just, you know, get into the paint, you know, make plays. Got to the free throw line a lot, you know, just just kind of filling out the game and, and picking and choosing spots to be aggressive. And, uh, I think it just defensively is where it'll, it'll, you know, hopefully the next game will just continue to, to build up because it's, you know, it's different when you try to play on both ends and just play one side of one side of the ball. So for me, you know, it's, uh, you know, I like to take pride in that defensive side too. So just trying to get my legs ready for, uh, you know, that battle on both ends. And last, we have a question from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Mike, how long, when you've missed nine games, how long does it usually take to get your wind back? Um, normally just a few days, you know, once I kind of get through the first, you know, first game, second game, I feel pretty good. Uh, mostly the first game is like, you know, I just, I'm working myself up and just so excited. It's like literally just, I do a thousand, you know, 
squats and a thousand lunges and like just getting ready for the game and find out that I've just worn myself out before I even get out there. But, you know, just kind of getting your whole game day routine down again and all that just takes a few days. And, uh, you know, in this case, it, it had to be a few games. Okay. That's all we have for you. Thank you, Mike. It's Mike Conley. Uh, first came back, nursing a hamstring. Mike uh, had played 16 minutes tonight, 10 points, two of seven shooting, one of three from three, five of six from the line, three assists and two rebounds. But, you know, what stands out, and we've talked about this a bunch this season, uh, Coach, um, the offense just clicks when Mike's in there. I mean, it just runs it. It just seems more fluid. Uh, he has the ability to get the blender going. Obviously, his, uh, his court vision is is unbelievable. The The floater makes him so dangerous. I mean, He's just a, a, a he's just a player that makes your team better. I know that seems like the most obvious take in the world, but it uh, it was noticeable tonight, even after missing nine games. Yeah, we've we've seen how the team operates with and without him. Uh, I think you, you, what you say there is exactly right. The team just runs better, um, and it makes sense because, like you said, Mike does a little bit of everything. Uh, he, he's a threat from the perimeter. He's terrific in ball screen. Uh, has a great feel and handle on the offense. Um, but I, I really thought tonight, too, watching him guard, like he's down in a stance and moving. And so th- that's really what I was watching for. I, I remember we'd have guys come back from injury and you just kind of hold your breath and you kind of watch them closely. And I was really impressed with the way Mike moved. Um, there was no way that the Jazz are going to take a chance and, and have him come back uh, early. So he, he, he mentioned playing two on two, three on three, wasn't cutting it. And you have to be able to be out there in, in get game reps, and so I applaud Mike for getting back, and he looked good, and it, it's awesome to see him back out there. Quick update. The Rockets lead the Clippers 108-97. So just to, just to reset, the Clippers, uh, if Denver, Denver already won, they beat the Pistons. Denver has the tiebreaker with the Clippers, and so the Clippers losing tonight to the Rockets uh, would be, move them back into fourth place in the Western conference, setting up a first round matchup uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. Now you and I were talking about this a little bit off the air and we can, we can have this side conversation as the show goes along, but is this, is this an insult to the jazz? Well, let me put it this way. If the Clippers truly are losing on purpose, trying to move back to the fourth seed, that is either because they think that Dallas would be a better first round matchup for them than Portland or it means that they'd rather have the Jazz in the second round. And what does it do? Uh, what would the Lakers would be opposite them, correct? Or would they be? So the Lakers are in the seventh slot right now. They're a half game back of the of the Blazers. So the Lakers, let's see. So if they're four, four and six. I mean, what I'm looking at, too, is I, I wonder if they're figuring the Lakers in and the earliest they'd have to play them is in the conference finals. That the Lakers will pass the Blazers. And that they're really avoiding the Lakers. Okay. So I mean, I think there's lots of different reasons. I it makes sense that that they, as as good as Dallas is, we've seen Dallas defensively, and I think that that would be a bad matchup for Dallas. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, if you're going to pick your poison, they probably feel like their style um, against the Jazz is perhaps better than Phoenix. I don't know, but that's going to make this even more interesting because now the Jazz have an opportunity to hold that trump card at the very end and kind of decide what to do. So Portland has Denver on Sunday, and they have a late tip, too, at 7. So in that case, they're worried that the Nuggets are going to beat the Blazers and the Lakers are going to move ahead of the Blazers. It's like an adventure game. 
trying to figure it all out. You know what's dumb about it is you really can't control much. You can't control any of it. That's the that's the worst part of it all. But the playoffs are so much about matchups. I get why teams do it. I I truly do. I mean, look at uh, Gordon and I were talking about this the other day, and, and not to get too far off on a tangent, but uh, the the Jazz Darren Williams Carlos Boozer era Jazz. They went to the Western Conference Finals. I think it was Darren Williams. It was only like his second or third year. It was early in the run with that team. That was the farthest that team would get to the Western Conference final or get in the playoffs. And it's because the the remaining years, they kept running up, up against the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and, uh, and Pau Gasol and, and uh, Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom and that giant team. And I think those Jazz teams were actually better than the one that went to the Western Conference Finals, but because the Lakers and their size was such a terrible matchup for that group of, of Jazz players, they couldn't get over the hump because the matchups were so bad. So in the playoffs, matchups make all the difference in the world. So I get why teams are trying to jockey for position, but you just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's so hard to control it all. Well, the the time I think back to is our, we've talked about it a few times this year, but when everything, like eight things had to happen for the Jazz to have to play the Rockets a couple of years Two ago. Two years ago. Two yep. years ago. And, you know, we came in pretty confident. You know, there's no way all of those things can happen. And as time, as the day went on, as the game went on, just one by one, oh, no, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. And we walked out of here that night, and the Jazz were going to play the Rockets in the first round. So, like you said, everybody was scheming and trying to move around. And it's kind of like uh, uh, the – what's the chairs game? Oh, <laughs> musical play, chairs. Musical chairs, man. You're walking around, and you have to get a chair. Uh, and, you know, that, that's the risk of this. David made an interesting comment during the broadcast. He said, what if, you know, you intentionally lose and then end up getting a bad matchup and lose, and then you, you second right. guess. So I, I've always believed that, I guess it's right now, with one game to go, they can actually kind of look around. Uh, and that's shortened that little period of time, which I like. I like that what this has done this year, the, the playoff scenario, to not make this 10 times we have to talk about it. Um, we've talked about it, but the strategy almost comes in now. Want to remind you about Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win tonight over the Thunder, 109-93. to We'll get you some more sound from the locker room, some stat nuggets as well, coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. 109 to 93 is your final Jazz BT Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. One game to go. The Jazz magic number remains one as well. Let's get a look at your three point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight from three, the Jazz were 13 of 39, 33%. Let's see who led the way. Jordan Clarkson was four for 10, and a bunch of guys made two. Uh, Royce O'Neill, two for three. Bogdanovich, two for five. George Niang, two for five. Conley, one for three. Ingles, one for five. And uh, let's see here. Trent Forrest made a three. He was one for two. Not the best night shooting for three from uh, for the Jazz, but frankly, uh, it didn't, 
There was enough. It was plenty. They used they had, they got enough of them. That's what you need tonight. Well, they won one hundred nine to ninety three and only scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. So, and uh, just quick news flash. Maybe we should ring the bell each time. Uh, the Rockets are up one fourteen one oh seven. The Rockets are going to win. They With they are five minutes to go. The the Clippers are trying to lose that game. The Clippers are trying to slide to four. Hey, look if you're if you lose to the Rockets and Oklahoma City in back to back games and you're the Clippers, you are trying to lose. I don't think they can do it. Watching this Oklahoma City yeah, team how tonight, will they I, lose that? I don't think call they can up a do bunch it. of ten day guys. No, seriously, I made this joke earlier this week. Ty Lue's going to pull a Norman Dale and put four players out on the floor and be like, my team's on the floor. We're going to four tonight. Because, I mean, Oklahoma City, they're just, they've lost 23 of 24. And the Jazz barely, I mean, barely tried tonight and one going away. Yeah. So th- that will be a little side note. And, but I'm telling you, there's no way you lose the Rockets, Oklahoma City with that team back to back, unless you're trying to. Which they uh, looks like they're trying to. You just read me the players that are going for the Rockets tonight, and it's like, wow, how can they win a game? Your guy Kelly Olynyk's playing well. Yeah, he's got fifteen, seven, and ten. He's got fifteen points, seven rebounds, ten assists. He's gonna have a triple double. Just like give him space, fellas. Let him work. Let him work. Well, this will be five minutes to go. If the Clippers, what if they accidentally make a bunch of shots? We'll see what happens. Now, uh, the the Jazz opponent on Sunday is also playing right now. Four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Kings and the Grizzlies in Memphis are all tied up at 94 apiece. And Memphis, actually, they may not have anything to play for because they've already clinched, right? And they're... And they sat a uh, bunch of guys. Oh, and they're way up on San Antonio, too. So Memphis, their, their bet is made. Right. Although they could move into the eighth spot. That could make a difference. Right now they're tied with the Warriors, so they certainly could move into the eighth spot. Let's see what the Warriors are currently playing right now, too. They're up on the Pelicans big, 76-60. The third quarter just underway. I'll I'll tell you what. Again, I'm torn on this playing thing. I can't decide if I like it or not, but it's made this week way more interesting than it would have been otherwise. Oh, for sure. We... I lived one of these with you, and we the last week was brutal other than what we decided to eat. But, you know, you're you're trying to figure out what everything means and who's sitting who and what they're actually trying to do. This is this has had way less that sort of feel this yeah, year. I agree. All right. Let's get some more postgame sound. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to Oklahoma City and hear from Rudy Gobert. We'll go ahead and get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy. So coach was saying how tonight it reminds him of what Mike does for this group, what does he do for you specifically in the pick and roll that makes that so deadly and so effective? I mean, he's so smart and, you know, his decision-making is, is, is so good that uh, he just creates shots for, for everybody. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just a matter of getting open on the screen and uh, giving him that little advantage. And then he's, he's able to, you know, pick the defense apart. And I think, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it just, we just go from here to here offensively when, when he's out there. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, does it kind of feel like maybe you guys are one step closer uh, to the playoffs, being at full strength, having, having Mike out there tonight, did that make things feel a little different? It was great. <laughs> it was great to have him back. Um, we missed him. 
you know, we miss Donovan too. Hopefully, we came back game one of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's one game at a time. Tonight was a good, was a good win for us. And uh, now we're going to go to Sacramento and uh, play our game, do what we do, and, uh, and try to get another one. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what did you see out of Mike specifically tonight? How did he look? Like how close to normal, you know, both he and Quinn were talking about like his conditioning not quite being there. Mike brought up his defense not quite being back yet. What did you what did you see back from him in his first night back? Uh it looked great to me. You know, uh I feel like he was I feel like he was quick. Uh, you know, he was making the right decisions. Obviously, he didn't play in the second half, but I thought you know, in the first half, he really, uh, you know, he really gave us a lift. And, uh, you know, we that's what we expect him to do. You know, I, I find his rhythm and, uh, and hopefully get back to, you know, his level of, you know, shape that he's comfortable playing with. And, uh, you know, uh, if he plays the way he plays tonight, every night, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Next, we have Niall Campbell, utahjazz.com. Hey, Rudy. Um, you know, you say after every game, went, uh, on to the next one. And with there being one more game left in the regular season, clearly there's playoffs. How are you feeling, especially considering the load that you have carried these last few games with Mike and Don out? I mean, for me, it's been the same. Um, you know, uh, whether Mike is out or anyone's out, I know that. I have to be out there for my team, and uh, you know, I, I try to I try to be there every single night, even when I'm tired, or if I'm a little beat up, or if I'm a little hurt. Like if you know, if it's nothing serious, I try to be I try to be out there. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm really confident. You know, I think uh, you know, being able to go through those stretches of games when we're missing some guys was able to you know I think make us stronger as a team. Uh, you know, we we're able to, like I say every time, you know, get get a few guys that maybe doesn't get a lot of minutes, don't get a lot of minutes, and you know they were able to get some experience, some minutes, you know, experience some some wins, some losses, some some good games, some bad games, and um, and you know now that we're gonna get everyone everybody back, um, you know I feel like we're gonna be we're gonna be fresh, you know, and we're gonna be ready to go for, you know, for the playoffs and. Uh, to try to achieve what we what we want to achieve. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune, up next. Okay, I wanted to ask you what you think about two young players. First, uh, Alexei Pokashevsky, just kind of his length and ability on the floor. What do you notice when you watch this game? I mean, I think he has a great upside. You know, I think, uh, you know, if he's able to uh, get stronger, you know, and, uh, and, and shoot the ball even, even better, uh, you know, he can be, I mean, I don't see any limits, you know, to his game. So, you know, he's still so young. Uh, you know, when I was his age, I was, I was in France. I was, in, I was barely playing in, in, in the French league. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's all about, you know, how those guys uh, put the work in and, you know, how they're able to, to develop, you know, and those things are usually not easy to predict because I'm not in his mind, <laughs> you know, but uh, he definitely has a, a huge potential. And then the second player I want to ask is your teammate, you don't guys Luffy, and kind of what you've seen from him in practice, uh, you know, so far. Uh, Doke, how's your bookie? Doke, I think for him, it's just about, you know, getting back in shape. Uh, I think, you know, being able to, he's a big body. 
but being able to, you know, uh, run down the court, being able to, you know, uh, finish at the rim, uh, block shots, move his feet. I think I, I think before the injury was, you know, uh, he, he was great at doing that. So I think, you know, he had a, it's a, it's a tough injury. So it's for him, it's just about getting minutes, uh, getting up and down the court and, uh, you know, doing whatever he has to do to on and off the court to, to get in great shape. And, uh, you know, just uh, saying that, you know, the other guy, I think he, he has an amazing you know, upside and it's all about how hard it's going to work and, you know, uh, and how consistent it's going to be with everything. All right, we have time for one quick one from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Um, how, how important, um, this might be an obvious question, but how important for your playoff chances is a healthy Mike Conley, you know, and, you know Mike Conley that's playing uh, at the top of his game? I told you, I told you we're going to talk about my handouts, but yeah, I answer the question. Um, I mean, Mike is a huge part of what we do. He's, he's one of our leaders. Uh, he's our most experienced, you know, player, and uh, you know, and uh, we know that uh, we're going to need him. You know, I'm really happy that he's able to get those two games, those last two games, uh, you know, underneath him to 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 get, you know, to get back to. To playing shape and uh, you know and uh, I mean my Conley is my Conley. Uh, I can't tell you all the things he does for us on and off the court as a leader. You know his voice. You know for for all of us, uh, his court vision, his shot creation, his defense. You know everything he does is uh, is helping our team. So we we definitely need him to to be able to do that at the at the, at the highest level and uh, being able to do that throughout the whole playoffs. All right, that's all the questions we have tonight. Thank you, Rudy. There you go, Rudy Gobert, who was uh, terrific tonight uh, with 16 points, 18 rebounds, two block shots in 27 minutes. Kind of funny, uh, Rudy made a joke there. If you could understand, he said, I thought you were going to ask me about my handles, making a joke about the, the behind-the-back dribble. It wasn't the dribble that was the problem. It was the pass. Yeah. His handles were fine. The pass was an issue. He made a big-time play tonight. Um they threw it to him in transition. He was just above the free throw line. And it would be one of those scenarios in the past where there's just no way he's going to finish the play. And there's somebody between him and the basket, and he kind of Euroed and got fouled. I thought it was, again, it just he adds to his game. And um, But, yeah, the behind the back and all that stuff, he's, he's, that'll, have to, that'll have to keep coming. That'll have to keep working on that, you know. I don't know if that's ever going to be the thing where he brings it up. Not, is that not going to be a big part? <laughs> Can you imagine of Rudy game? just backing down, just bringing it up, backing a guy down? That would be funny. Yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be something. Like right. Stanley in the office. All right, should we get to some stat nuggets from our guy Tyson uh, Ewing? Tyson yeah. does uh, the stats for AT&T Sportsnet. He's nice enough to uh, pass a few along to us for the post game. You can follow him on Twitter, at TyEwing2. This is the 12th wire-to-wire win for the Jazz this season. That is not something that's easy to do, by the way. Um, 38th double-digit win this season. That is the second most double-digit wins in franchise history in 10 fewer games, too, might I add. Uh, Let's see here. Out-rebounded the Thunder by double digits. It's the 28th time this season they have out-rebounded an opponent by 10 or more. That is the second most time uh, they've done that in franchise history. They are 25 and three this season when they out rebound their opponent by double digits, and 32 and four when they out rebound their opponent by six or more. 
That will that is continued to be. I mean, I know it's not that big a deal, but maybe my biggest surprise, or what I did not see coming, that they would be such a good rebounding team. I didn't necessarily think they'd be bad because they've got Rudy, but one of the best, if not the best, rebounding team in the league. I did not see that coming. Well, I think everybody stepped up their effort, including Rudy. You know, he's getting uh, double-digit rebounds nearly every night. You know, he he gets in the high teens and. And then everybody else gobbles them up together. Royce is always kind of the guy that's right behind Rudy. Uh, tonight he was way behind Rudy, but still with the second most. Um, but it is a very good strength to have to be a very good rebounding team. It's how you end possessions. It's how you keep possessions alive. You know, and it kind of signifies that energy and hustle. So it's a stat that you you definitely fundamentally want to be good at. George Niang had 11 points tonight. Um, the Jazz are now 19 and two when George scores 10 plus points. Uh, to Jordan Clarkson, 93rd straight game with at least one three-pointer made. That is the fifth longest streak in NBA history and trails Clay Thompson by two games. And uh, Clay, of course, will uh, – uh, or uh, Jordan will have to wait till next season to see if he moves to fourth longest. So that's pretty incredible. And finally this. This is the most uh, – uh, Derek Favors tonight, the most points he scored when playing 11 minutes or less. Derek Favors tonight in 11 minutes had eight points. And five rebounds on four or five shooting. He got a couple nice dimes. He got one early in the game from Clarkson. Um, Clarkson kind of drove it in, kind of a no look. And then Trent Forrest had a really sweet one to him too. Um, but one thing you know about Derek, he's if he's around the rim, he's always going to catch it. Uh, and he's got a high percentage if he can catch it of getting it in the basket. And um, I thought for being a little bit step slow the other night, he had a little bit more energy tonight. It was nice to see Derek. Uh, have a nice night in, in short minutes. want to remind you about Mark Miller's Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz beat the Thunder tonight, 109-93. We'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one next on the Jazz Radio Network. Conley back in the game with Rudy Gobert. This is the lineup that has throttled people this year. Clarkson driving the lane, looks around, finds Rudy. He attacks through two and dunks it. Oh, going high and hard through the plains of Oklahoma. Rudy Gobert with a two-hand hammer. And and this is the Rudy that I like, David, when he goes in strong like this between two defenders to to dunk the basketball. You're going to score or you're going to get to the free throw line. There's your play of the game with our guys Locke and Boone. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. George Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight, 109-93. Post game, brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. If you're just joining us, Boyan Bogdanovich led the way with 22 points. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with 18 off the bench. Rudy, 16 points, 18 boards, a couple of blocks. Mike Conley in his return to the lineup, 10 points in 16 minutes, three assists. He grabbed a couple of rebounds as well as the Jazz cruised in this one uh, to a win. Only one game left in the season. Their magic number with the Suns is one, as the Suns have two games Saturday, tomorrow, I suppose, and Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. Quick uh, scoreboard watch for you. Uh, the Grizzlies are up on the Kings 106-103 with uh, about 12 seconds to go. So it looks like the Grizzlies are going to get that one, although that's pretty close. But uh, uh, the Warriors are on top of the Pelicans 85-73, so it looks like the Grizzlies and Warriors are going to keep pace with each other. But the Rockets have beaten, it's just gone final, have beaten the Clippers 122-115. to It's a Christmas miracle. 
they uh, I'm just looking at numbers here. It's crazy. But that was so going into the game, Houston had lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. Um, they're, you know, you're looking at offensive rating and it's close to like high 90s. Tonight, their offensive rating was a 124. <laughs> so the Clippers are just getting out of the way. And 42% of Houston shots tonight were at the rim, and they finished 80% of those shots. Yep. So, yeah, it was Matador City. Yeah, that's that. Uh, the Clippers are trying to lose. They want to get down to that fourth spot and stay there, I guess. But in order to stay there, uh, they're going to have to lose to this Oklahoma City team, I would think. Which that's going to be a chore. Or else, uh, or, or else, Denver has to beat Portland, and uh, certainly Denver could beat Portland. But I don't know if I'd pick that at this point. The Blazers don't want to get passed by the Lakers because they don't want to be in the play-in tournament. Just show me the matchups, man. I'm tired of all this conjecture. It's going to be interesting, though. Sunday is going to be an interesting day. No, it will be. And I, yeah, I was kind of, kind of grouchy that it was a later game because I thought maybe we could get it, but. Maybe this will be there'll be enough drama during the day to keep our attention, and we'll be able to kind of come sum up the season Sunday night. I'm still a little grouchy. Yeah, I'm grouchy too. I like afternoon games. Why don't we get more? Afternoon I was thinking games? like an eleven thirty would have just been prime. Sweet. I would have rolled in here with a little breakfast for you. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Oh well, not not uh, not going to happen. We'll have to settle for a little Sunday dinner, I guess. That's all right though. All right, uh, coach. Let's get some final thoughts from you before we close the book on this one. You know, as far as the game goes, I just think that um, the Jazz did everything I, I'd hoped they'd do. Um, I was really pleased today when I heard Conley was going to play. I think that's the piece of it that, uh, from a coaching standpoint all day and thinking about it, um, you know, my, I was intrigued to see how he moved. And we've seen him come off a, a extended period of time where he, ha- where he sat out because of that hamstring. I didn't see anything other than uh, the Mike Conley we've gotten used to. It was nice to have another weapon out there. I guarantee you Joe Ingles was pleased um, that he had somebody out there to kind of share those responsibilities. I, like you, thought Rudy played a very inspired game. Um, I loved, you know, what George Niang brought in the minutes he was out there. Uh, And really, the most important thing tonight was the Jazz tick off one of those two things, two scenarios. And now we sit back. We see what... um, Phoenix does in San Antonio uh, twice between now and Sunday night, and we come in here, and we'll try to make sense of it all at that point. It's going to be nuts. All right, uh, we want to say a big thanks to uh, David Locke and Ron Boone uh, for calling the action tonight, doing their great job. Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Hey, a big public thank you to Amanda. Uh, she brought in a nice book for my new, uh, my new daughter. How about that? People are great. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Good Night Basketball, a basketball-related children's book. And Amanda said, uh, we'll see if we can raise a young Hooper. I said, I'll see what I can do. You know what's really cool is we're going through our books for the second time now. And so all the books our kids had, we kept. And all the toys we had, you know, my wife kept a lot of that. So it's kind of surreal to see, you know, you got to hold on to those books. Yeah. For, because you're going to be old and gray one day like me. Maybe. Uh, what a nice thought. Thank you very much to Amanda Smith. She does a just a terrific job. Thanks to uh, Alex Lumberg, of course, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, he's had a rough day today, Alex, so we should we should let him go home. Go go do something nice. Go do something fun. This too shall pass, buddy. Go go, go uh, get yourself an overnight Lord of the Rings trilogy marathon or something. 
Yeah. I'll leave you a, I'll leave you a dollar to get an ice cream cone on your way home, buddy. There you go. Uh, Thanks to, uh, (laughs) thanks to Alex. I want to say thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the post game show. Uh, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coach Lacombe, thank you as always, my friend. I will see you Sunday. Sounds good, man. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Jazz win 109-93 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Up next, the Sacramento Kings' final regular season game Sunday night. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6, and you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.